Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm your humble host, or at least a host. <laughs> That's Jared Yamamoto right there, my producer. What's going on? That's English Nick right there. Hello. Here's the deal with English Nick. His name is Nick, and he wasn't born here. And also, Autumn Fisher Hello. is with us. I'm eating this payday, and I just know it's the worst. <laughs> what is the matter with me? I know. I know that I need to lose weight, and yet I go out and I get the payday. On a day like this, Super Bowl Sunday, surely I'm not going to eat enough garbage before we hit midnight tonight, and I have to start this way. So this Do is you have your I Mountain ask. Dew? Uh, no, no Mountain Dew. I'm actually drinking waters. Like my idea, what? my idea of being healthy is I'm eating a payday, but I'm drinking water. So Who obviously, are you? I really feel as if uh, I think that will you guys make sure because I think we could sell my funeral uh, well, to a title mm. sponsor, uh-huh. <laughs> and I think maybe payday may be there for uh, my title sponsor of Eric's funeral because he just wouldn't stop eating them. They're so good. It goes Von Hessler inexperience. Yeah, I know there's a risk. The radio station territory, it's like you're here for four hours yeah. at a time. There's bre- there's snack machines in the break room. You're going to get bad and stuff. And in your mind, it. you think, oh, you want energy because you want to have mm-hmm. a good show. And, mm-hmm. and you really feel like you're invincible when you're when And you're, you, w- when you you're wish you mic. made more money so that you got, so you got the payday. Yeah, exactly. I'm really... <laughs> now... Before we get to Outrage Corner, which yes. we're going to get to, because I love Outrage Corner. People are outraged, and they need to, that, those stories need to be told. Take your time. But I understand that my schedule is being changed around by my wonderful program director, who has, through Jared Yamamoto, something to propose to me for next Sunday. So what? hit me very quickly. Yeah, that's true. He says right here, if Eric agrees, he can promote today. If so, Eric agrees. So, so next Sunday at 11 a.m., the Von Hessler Doctrine will be on to recap the Republican debate that's going to happen happen next or uh, Saturday night next week. Okay. So we're going to re-air that from 12 until about eh, one ish or so. You know, they go a little bit longer okay. um, than that. And then we will come back and recap the debate um, from two until or whatever the debate ends until three o'clock. So, uh, Jared, I know you're a smart person, but sometimes your mouth just kind of—I don't, I don't know that I can. <laughs> I, didn't, follow I, didn't, I didn't understand I don't anything. Know that so, I, so I think what I think happened. I'm gonna go through. What I, I can think. translate if you want. Okay, give it to me. In We're gonna be on an hour earlier at eleven. Right. We're gonna play back to the debate and then be on again after that until exactly. Three. But Thank the way you. Jared said it was, we were gonna start at eleven and we were gonna talk about the debate from the night before. But okay, then so, we were so, gonna so, follow. So we're, gonna, with, we're gonna listen to the debate and then we're, we're gonna replay at eleven and then. So a recap and a recap. Two, and then we're going to have a recap at three. To be fair. Hold on, Jared. I'm listening to Jared. Jared, go ahead. So, 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 so this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to replay the, the debate at one, and then we're going to listen at two, and then we're going to talk about it until 30, and then you'll come back on, on the air. See? So, so. Thank you. I, I am translating an email. Oh, Thank okay. you very much. Okay. But all this is contingent From on- Italian to English. <laughs> yes. All of this is contingent on me agreeing. Said if Eric agrees. Yes. It's a test, Eric. And if so you don't agree, then you're fired. <laughs> so that's next Sunday. 
And what is that, February 14th, am I right? That is correct. So I've been married 30 years. Why do I need a Valentine's Day? Aww. I agree. Aww. I agree. I will do it. I'll do anything for my WSB overlords. And speaking of that, too, you remember, you're going to be on from midnight to 2 a.m. I guess that would be Wednesday morning. So They, they give me all the best slots. <laughs> they give me all the best shifts here. So, yeah, after the Tuesday uh, New Hampshire primary, we're going to do a show before us that'll, that'll have, like, your major players, you know, your Jamie Dupree's, I would imagine, your Bill Cranes will be in there. And then... Eric Von Hessler will come on midnight to 2 a.m. My friend Jared's going to be with me. English Nick's going to be with me. I heard Hillary's going to be there, right? Wow. Yeah, Hillary will be there to talk about getting smashed in the New Hampshire primary. And uh, so I will say yes to this next Sunday. So we'll be on at 11. And then at noon, we will rerun the debate from the night before. And then after that rerun is over, we'll be on again, what, till three? That's perfect. Uh, Could have said it better myself. Uh, apparently you didn't. So <laughs> let's do this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. All right, English Nick. I while I try to digest these peanuts that are caught in my throat from this payday, Give me some outrages. Chew on it, Eric. Uh, we're going to Three Rivers, Michigan. There's a teenager up there, a kid. He's 15. He took a, a nude shot of himself, sent it to a young lady, another teenager, and then she sent it to one of her friends, and now the cops are uh, charging him with a uh, sex crime. Yeah, I saw this story. So it's kind of a gray area, I think. But I don't think it is a gray area, to be honest with you. I mean, the kid's 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So actually, my, what he did was he took the girl's phone. Took a picture right. of his parts. Let's say it that way on this family show. He took a picture of his parts. His bits and pieces. His bits and his pieces. <laughs> and then those bits and pieces were turned into bytes and, and megabytes. Yes. And they were sent on the... So the it, he took it with the girl's phone. Then it was sent to another girl. Yep. And now they want to charge this 15-year-old with being a pedophile. Well, yeah, ch uh, child pornography, basically. Child pornography. Yeah. Yeah. So he would be a pedophile for distributing the bits and pieces of a 15-year-old. And uh, the detective, police detective, his name is Mike Money, mm -hmm. uh, said that sexting is a serious crime because it leads to bullying and real severe things like people committing suicide or violent crimes against others because they're so embarrassed about it. So this is the police detective. This is why he's saying we're going to have to go ahead and charge this 15-year-old with pedophilia because this stuff leads to people committing suicide and, we, and bullying. Right. You know, yeah, of course, labeling a 15-year-old a pedophile... We'll stop that. That's not going to lead to anything embarrassing in his life as he moves forward. You know what? I mean, sometimes the law... This is the thing you have to understand about the law. Penalties for crimes need to be proportional. They need to feel right. They need to feel proportional. This is not the crime of pedophilia. And you can't say, well, technically, and, you know, cross the T and dot the I, it does. No, but what about you as a thinking person? Mm -hmm. As a thinking person, let's get spirit involved. Spirit of the law. The spirit, spirit, not the letter. That we did not uh, create the crime of pedophilia to put 15-year-olds behind bars because they took pictures of themselves. And ruined the rest of their life, too. We know yeah. this. And right, so like yeah. for the rest of this life, every time he has to move into a neighborhood, he's got to knock on everybody's door and tell them that he's on some sort of sex registry. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, come on. Can, can we have common sense every once in a while when it comes to the law? So Police Detective Mike Money, if you're listening from Michigan, you never know, WSB I, Radio app, you can hear anywhere you want. I bet he is. You're an idiot! <laughs> Hey, just, just because you're following the law doesn't mean you, you, you have to not use your brain. 
a 15-year-old taking pictures of his bits and pieces Mm -hmm. does not a pedophile make. End of story. Now, do you want to scare him straight? Absolutely. Should the law? Should he be made? Should he made to uh, uh, mess his genes because he thinks something will happen? Yeah, that would be good for him. No, it would be good for him to go. Oh, wait a minute! I almost got into a lot of trouble there. All right, you want to put a little bit of fear of God in him? I understand that. That's reasonable. But the idea of turning this is what you don't want the law to do. This is why I'm not for the marijuana laws. Don't turn otherwise law-abiding people into criminals. Mm-hmm. Don't create laws that create new criminals and create pe- criminals who aren't actually criminally minded. We have pedophile laws to stop pedophiles. Sick people. Sick people who mm-hmm. prey on the young. We don't have pedophile laws to stop 15-year-olds from being an idiot because <laughs> there aren't enough laws in the world to stop 15-year-olds from being an idiot. Believe me, I know. I was a 15-year-old, and thankfully, we had no cell phones <laughs> and uh, no Facebook. We had Polaroids, and God help me, I hope those things don't show up anywhere. Give me another outrage. All right, the CDC is coming under fire because of their new infographic that this woman says blames women's STDs on their drinking habits. It's basically a study that says, look, ladies, if you drink, certain things are going to happen, yeah. including STDs and unwanted pregnancies and alcoholic fetal syndrome and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, the real story here is the way the millennials respond to this sort of <laughs> yes. stuff. So there's there's something called Eater. That's the uh, E-A-T-E-R. That's the, uh, you wouldn't call it a magazine. It's a website. And yeah. it's a millennial gawker, I guess, kind of. Sure. Bustle.com sort of thing. Can I tell you something about millennial? We have, we have Melanie, the millennial blogger here. Hi, guys. Millennial bloggers are the dumbest people in the history of dumb people. Excuse me? Let me make my point. So, What did you say? The CDC. <laughs> oh, my God. At the beginning of this story, it says, warning, this will enrage you. Mm-hmm. Because it, the headline says, CDC's new infographic blames women's STDs on their drinking habits. What I would like to point out is what has happened to two words here. The word enrage which now is meaningless, and the word blame. So in this CDC infographic, they have two women. And drinking too much can have many risks for women. On one side, you've got a pregnant woman, and they list miscarriage, stillbirth, prematurity, fetal alcohol syndrome, sudden infant death syndrome. And then on the other side, another woman who does it, who appears to be somewhere between black, white, and Asian, I don't know, in her um, silhouette. Don't get it twisted. The white girl's pregnant, and the black chick is getting injured and sexually transmitted diseases. Okay, so it says for any woman, injuries, violence, heart disease, cancer, sexually transmitted disease. And this enrages the millennial female blogger because they are saying that they are being blamed. Then if there's any kind of sexual violence or if they get an STD, they're blaming. The CDC is apparently blaming women because they drink. No such thing is true here. They're just warning. Men, women, this is a warning. The more you drink, the worse your decisions are. Jared, is that not true? The oh, more you drink, the worse the decisions are. So if I uh, said to you, yeah. Remember Jared, my pool experience this yeah, summer. Look at my face. Jared did a face plant into the concrete pool area in and the summer. And whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? It's, the point is, if I warn him, if I warn anybody that drinking will lead to worse choices... I'm not blaming. The way the millennial thinks 
will be studied for the next millennium. I, I guess that music says I better shut up. So That's we'll, highly offensive. All right, more with Melanie when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. WSB's Kirk Mellis is predicting a high around 55 and a 10. A big fat 10 on this Super Bowl Sunday on your Mellish meter. Who could ask for anything more? This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Before we move on to the next outrage, I want to give Melanie, the millennial blogger, an opportunity to tell me why she's so in- enraged. Hi, guys. That, so the, that the CDC, hold on, the CDC simply oh pointed God. out that if women drink, they're more likely to deal with violence and STDs. And you say this is outrageous and the CDC is blaming women for getting STDs. <laughs> okay, look, I'm not saying that just because, like, okay, a drunk chick is totally maybe going to, like, it's they're at a greater risk, okay? Mm-hmm. Right, that's all the CDC For, like, getting says. injured and having STDs and stuff. But that does not mean that the burden of of like not getting those things falls on me the drunk one okay Okay. it is up to like other people like my girlfriends okay why don't they just put like okay if you're gonna get like super drunk bring your 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 like straight edge uh friend okay it's like gonna keep you cool and like get let you um hydrate while you dehydrate that's what they should that's what the cdc should put out there is like yo drink all you want but like drink water too my question my question is how are you perceiving that the cdc is blaming you for stds when all they're doing in my point of view is they are saying we've got all this data and so what we're letting you know is drinking alcohol there's a higher rate of stds if a woman is drinking alcohol how does that how do you perceive that is it they're blaming you for the std because that's what they're doing open your eyes Okay, <laughs> that's your okay. response. <laughs> blaming the victim is like not going to help anything. They're not blaming. They're simply yes. making yes. you aware of the data that they have. Listen, with your white male privilege, uh, you can't understand oh, what it's like to go. be a woman uh, and who's right. like getting super wasted. And uh, just because I want to have four shots in a row with my girlfriends does not mean that I'm going to like get beat <laughs> up by some guy. They didn't say that. They said it's just more likely to happen if, if you do. By the way, who are you voting for? Oh, Bernie, duh. <laughs> That's what I thought. All right, give me another outrage. Uh, all right, so uh, we've heard about flights being turned around and diverted because passengers get to fight. Mm-hmm. Well, on this Delta flight, two flight attendants got to uh, fight, and uh, they had to uh, turn the, the plane around. It was a, a, a flight, fight. A fist fight? A, a flight from L.A. to Minneapolis on January 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's ladies. Hard for, it's hard. It's oh, there was two ladies. Huh? I believe it was two ladies. Uh, it's hard to you know. Usually, I don't think that the outrages rank up to actual outrage. That's why we do outrage corner almost mm-hmm. tongue in cheek, because most of the stories are just labeled as outrageous. But there, I have to say, if I'm, I don't know who I'm hearing or what, where, but I'm hearing something. Uh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> it was my own computer, so I slapped myself in the face. Uh, but yeah, I think if I paid money for a flight. And, uh, you know, you're trapped inside of this toothpaste tube at 32,000 feet. <laughs> and so if these two flight attendants start going in a fist fight, yeah, that's that's pretty outrageous. That's So they actually turned the flight around or they, they landed? Uh, they were about 180 miles south of Salt Lake City when the decision was made to divert the flight, divert, divert to Salt Lake City. 
And they were on the ground for about 80 minutes, I guess. They did, Ugh, they, I would be so upset if I were a passenger. <laughs> they disagreed over work issues. Now, we used to not be able to talk about this when he worked there, because he worked there for a long time, but he doesn't work at Delta anymore. The handsomest producer in producery worked at Delta for a long time. Is this, do people get in, I mean, it's a, look, man, when your workspace, like I said, is a toothpaste tube, I can imagine you can get on each other's nerves. Is there a lot of uh, sort of uh, cat fights that go on? Oh, yeah, the d- d- definitely. And, and, and I will say that, let me first say that, number one, I loved working for Delta every second of it. But the, the way that these flight attendants have their uh, have their schedules structured. We have uh, uh, two mechanics that came out earlier. Before. Never mind. This yeah. is my, com- my computer won't stop. Right. Yeah. It's okay. So the way that these uh, schedules are structured, I mean, you're stuck with the same crew for three or four days at a time. And uh, I know my older sister is a Delta flight attendant, and she says, you know, that there are times when you get them? sick of working with the same people. So she's never been in a fight, yeah. a physical <laughs> fight. But I mean, could you imagine being stuck with somebody that's annoying for like three or four days at a time? Wouldn't want to do it. I, 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 I there's no place to go is the problem. You right, know, you, exactly. Hey, walk away. What, am I gonna walk thirty feet? <laughs> walk away. There's no place to walk away to. You can't leave the work. You know, you can't walk outside, smoke a cigarette, and come back in. You can You're, banish them to first class, right? Like Look. I'm working coach, you're working first class. No, no, you actually cannot do that. So really? it's actually so so they actually have structured positions. There's like an A, a B, a C, and a D, and so forth, so forth for how big the plane is. So uh, and that is your duty throughout the entire trip. So let's say that you're stuck with the B and C have the coach cabin. I guess they're right. the coach cabin. Um, they're the economy cabin is what they call it now. They're stuck with each other for the entire trip. Although I have to say it is outrageous, but also it would have been hilarious. Yeah, I'm sorry to see to see a two cat flight attendants <laughs> with a fist fight. I probably would have laughed more than anything else. I so. bet there was something that happened. Maybe they had a stopover somewhere, and there's maybe somebody's oh, cheating or something. And, you know, I'll bet. That I bet there's, there's some drama some, behind that's the scenes. My Philadelphia boyfriend. <laughs> Sometimes you have the same port. Yes, in the same storm. All right, we can avoid it no longer. <laughs> when we return, it's time for my misanthrope buddy from New York City. Stories from Studio B1, when we return. On WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we have a story with a look under the gold dome that reveals how lawmakers write themselves out of laws that you have to follow. Is is this America? How does that even happen? (laughs) If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And if it's Sunday at 2.36, which it is right now, that means whether we like it or not, it's time for this song. He's a misanthrope, he has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. Arrogant yet lovable. Greg, how are you? Arrogant? Well, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I don't think it's a very good descriptor. If anything, I'm not arrogant at all. You quite it's... often will come on here and lord it over Atlantans and say how great New York is and how that's a big city and we're just... Well, those uh... are facts. <laughs> not arrogance at all. <laughs> you... Facts do not equate arrogance. You prove my point, sir. So uh, give me some stories from Studio B1. Well, I found this one interesting. There's now science backing as uh, to why it's hard to look at Ted Cruz's creepy, unsettling face. <laughs> so, hold on. Oh. I saw 
This story's going around. I saw this story. I, I'm going to let you go through with this, Greg, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's a hit piece, and I'll tell you why when you're done. But go ahead. This is a pretty funny story that's available out there. Uh, there's a neurologist, they're saying. Uh, now, Ted Cruz, now there is basis to this, um, that when people smile, you know, the, the uh, sides of their lips and then the mouth tend to turn upwards. And this is a, an action that you can do on your own. You can control those muscles. But at the same time, you also have muscles around your eyes that you can't control. So there's subtle clues that when, you know, someone's smiling, if it's a real smile, if it's a forced smile, and uh, a lot of the times this comes off as disingenuous with uh, Cruz. And also, uh, his mouth tends to actually bend downwards, not upwards. And so they're coming in scientifically saying there's a scientific reason because this, this is known about Ted Cruz. He doesn't have many friends, apparently. He doesn't have friends in the Senate. He doesn't have a lot of a lot of people, like his, his I think quoted in that story is his college roommate who, uh, let's not give his quote because that's a little bit incendiary, I think. <laughs> but uh, basically, his, his college roommate can't stand him. A lot of So th this is going on. That doesn't mean he won't. Maybe a president needs to be like that. Like, hey, I'm doing this for everybody. I, I'm not saying it disqualifies him. Also, when I was reading in there about the face and everything, Donald Trump is cleaning up, and this is the only guy I've ever seen who frowns in a resting position. <laughs> like when his fate, when he's when he's not emoting at all, his natural expression is the the downward frown. Yeah, and the frowny face. The frowny face, and he's you know he's doing quite well. So I, I think that's fair, but you know, Trump isn't trying to force expressions. I think it's uh, you know when you're you're creating an expression that's not genuine that subtly subconsciously yeah. people pick up on that like, it hey. sounds like it sounds like some of the stuff that uh like good poker players use in tells and things like they can look at your face and and know if you're if you're genuinely mean what you say based on things like this but uh you know i think that uh you know ted cruz is, I, I don't i'm not gonna not vote for him because i don't like his face look if you would lower my taxes i would vote for ernest <laughs> borgnine now, I know nobody remembers Ernest Borgnine, but anybody who does, you know what I mean. So give me another story from Studio B1. That was Greg's way of just bashing Ted Cruz, who he can't stand. So give me another story from Studio B1. All right, Super Bowl. It's coming up. Drone Coming operators. up. It's coming when it's coming up. <laughs> it's hours away. Coming up next well, week. It's, it's on in a few hours. Today. Today. That's what's timely. <laughs> do you guys Man. get it? Do you guys get it in New York City on the same day? Because here in Atlanta, it's just a few no, hours away. No, we actually away. got it yesterday, so I already know who won. You know why? Because we're better here. <laughs> I've already watched the Super Bowl. Drone op operators and owners are warned that if they fly their aircraft uh, within 32 miles of the Super Bowl, that drone will be shot down. There are F-15s on standby near Santa Clara, California, to intercept anything that sneaks into the no-fly zone. I have some audio here. from This is from the NFL, Jared. This is a, an official. Yeah, yes. Bring your lucky jersey. Bring your face paint. Bring your team spirit. But leave your drone at home. Aw. Man. <laughs> Aww. My drone's going to be so disappointed. You remember when we used to bring our Aww. drones? I what think if, we, didn't we do this exact story last year on this? You know, by the way, this is our 52nd show. This wow, is one really? year of shows. One year of shows. And I, and I believe on one, it was either the first or second week was the Super Bowl last time around. And I think we did the same exact story. It was about the noise, though. The noise complaints of the drones flying around. Right. Now they're actually banning them. Well, of course you have to because drones could carry. Look, I mean, I've talked about this before. The future with drones <laughs> is frightening. I'm a man of the future. I love. I'm not one of these... 
people who doesn't want the futuristic things. I love the future. But beyond the noise, when you hear a story like, well, Amazon will be able to deliver up to five-pound packages. Well, there are up to five-pound bombs, okay? This is very easy to do, and we know there are people out of this country and inside this country mm-hmm. who would love to do stuff like this. So they make it seem like you're leave, leave your keys at home. No, they're worried about somebody trying to do some real damage. They, they dress it up like they're worried about you getting coverage that CBS owns the rights to or something. But what they're really worried about is somebody flying a five-pound bomb or something in there, and it's an, it's an open-air stadium, so you could you could actually get something in there. So... It's the right thing to do, obviously. But I well, think, let's hope yeah. let's hope that fan man doesn't decide to make a surprise appearance and <laughs> enter that no fly zone. Which, although it would be like shooting an F fifteen, is it is it F fifteen? You said. Yeah, I mean those are pretty outdated aircraft. I don't know why they're still in service, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know, but I mean uh, that's uh, shooting down a drone. A drone's about as big as my fist. That would be an interesting thing. You might take you might take something else out you along the way. Do way more damage than just take the drone out. Exactly. <laughs> I think just run into it would be a good idea. Yeah. I do feel like it would be harder to shoot the drone down because they are smaller and those those planes are flying at such speeds yeah. to yeah. target it. <laughs> it does seem like a difficult proposition. Yes. Uh, now, since we are talking about the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, don't spoil it for us if you've, if you've already seen it because you're in <laughs> such an advanced city. Uh, <laughs> you, you and I both uh, follow the football, and we love it. So, Greg, who do you think is going to win, and why? Well, I think that Carolina's going to win because they're good. That's why <laughs> I think they're the best. I don't know if Peyton Manning has has it. I mean, this is if this is his last game, then he can lay it all out there on the line. But you know, there's rumors he can't even turn his head, right? So yeah, uh, he's he's pretty much done. And I think there's a mental aspect to his game that can carry on so far. But with that defense that Carolina has, it's going to be difficult. Well, there's some covering up that went on with out of the last game, the championship game, because in the last four or five. Five minutes, Peyton was really spot on and he was great. But for the rest of the game, I mean, he he threw some balls that were caught because his wide receivers were were climbing ladders to get there. I mean, he 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 threw some ugly balls early in that game. And if he does that with this team, Jared here disagrees with you. Yeah, he's a I big, do. He's a big Falcons fan, as we all are. But I believe that Jared he tries to have rationale why Denver's going to win. But in reality, and I don't know if you thought about this, Greg. You usually do gravitate toward the negative, so you probably have. <laughs> if the Panthers win this Super Bowl. The only team in this conference uh, that yeah, hasn't won a I, Super Bowl yes, will I, be the Falcons. It hurts I've so thought bad. about it. I've thought about that. <laughs> and they, they've been around the longest, right? Well, when did the, the Bucks get into the, no, well, the Saints? Uh, yeah. The Saints and the Falcons came in around the same time. Probably, yeah. And Yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about that. If you're asking my, my pick because I am a Falcons fan, it's clearly not Carolina. But objectively, I have no problems with Carolina like some people do. Like the only reason I don't like them is because of the same division well, as the Falcons. Here's the thing, though. So every time that Peyton has gone to the Super Bowl, he has had to win the games by himself almost, almost single-handedly. And I think mm-hmm. this team is very different. It's structured. I mean, uh, to, to your point, Greg, his health is not ideal. But if the defense keeps Denver in the game and makes it to where Peyton doesn't have to win it himself, if, the, the, then... Right, right. No, I, Did you I would, watch the playoffs? Of course I watched the it's playoffs. It's like the Carolina goes up by 21 points in the first three minutes of these games. It seemed like everything. And if that happens, if that happens, 
then it's going to be on. That's the thing. If that happens, then then it's going to be on Peyton Manning. It's going to become one-dimensional. He's going to have to do it through the air, and he's going to be in trouble. Which, to your point, I don't think that will happen. I mean, I think that or I, I don't think Peyton can win in that situation. I don't think the Broncos can win in that situation if, they, if Carolina goes up big early. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, is that in these playoff games, you know, I, I've seen Carolina seemingly get every every call to go their way. So you I mean, think inter- gonna... interceptions early in the game? I mean, Carson Palmer in the NFC Championship was terrible. No, he at, was. He was a capital T. In I mean, both was... of those games. The one they barely won the week before, he was terrible. He was terrible in both those games. But I, they, I don't know if it's the 23 out of the last 25, 24 out of the last something. They've won something like 23 out of their last 24 games, these Panthers. And I, well, I, yeah, the end of the last season, they went on a run, then lost in the playoffs. So that's one loss. And then the Falcons this year was the other loss. So, yeah, they, they so did, they're like 23 is, and two in the last 25 games, something like that. So I'm, you know, and I look, just there think, is a good defense. Denver does have one of the top ranked defenses. If it's not the top, I, I don't remember the exact ranking, but it's it's close. So there's a chance. All I know is I'm getting away from my oldest son because he's a huge Peyton Manning fan. And the last Super Bowl where they got killed by Seattle he ruined it so much that I left the room and went downstairs <laughs> into my office so I'm away from that because I'm not going to do that to myself here's the deal the two teams that I root for didn't even make the playoffs so I just want a good game I'm not going to put myself in another situation where I'm rooting for somebody that I don't really care about and then I'm going to feel awful if they lose I would like it to happen for Peyton. I'd love for him because for the rest of his life to have to look at Eli winning more Super Bowls than him, it's going to be difficult. So I do root for that. I, I root for that, but I just can't. I've been watching football for a long time, and that Panthers team is just a great team. Now they're young, I guess. They haven't been there much, so maybe they get a little nervous on the big stage. I don't really see it happening. Cam Newton, I've said this before, if you created a football player in a football factory, it would look just like Mm -hmm. Cam Newton. I mean, the guy is unbelievable, and I don't understand why people don't like his attitude. Why? He's enjoying the game. He's smiling and enjoying the game, and people act like that there's something wrong with his Panthers team and the way they celebrate. Oh, giving footballs to... Uh, little kids? What's wrong with Ugh. that? I like that better awful. than, oh, it's awful. It's a terrible Signing thing. Signing your cleats and giving them to the kid in the wheelchair? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah what's yeah, wrong with that? They, Nothing. They, I, I, there was a moment in the season where they went to give a football to a kid and an adult took it, and the player took it back from the adult and gave it to the kid. You know what? When I was growing up, that's the way sports was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be kid-friendly. And uh, Cam Newton doesn't have any tattoos. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes him a rebel in my eyes. All right, we'll see if we squeeze in a couple more stories from Studio B1. And remember, we have the best goodbyes in the business. And that translates into a big old 10 on your Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. That's Autumn Fisher. Greg Russ is still here. Greg, we don't have time for any more stories from Studio B1. We only have four minutes, and we have an awful lot of information that we have no, to get No, if across. I were Jamie Dupree, I feel like he would ah. extend the show. If you were Jamie Dupree, <laughs> you would have been on earlier. So... <laughs> <laughs> and longer. So I, I, I invite you to stick around, but we have a lot of, uh, not house cleaning, just uh, information we want to get across to people. First of all, if you like this show, uh, I do a bunch of podcasts all week long. You just go, and this show becomes a podcast within 24 hours of us being on. So go to doc, uh, blah, 
Eric Von Line, E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. It's a hub site. Now I will warn you, a lot of those podcasts over there are uh, a little explicit in the language. You might want to, that's kind of HBO, Eric. This is sort of CBS, Eric, which you got right here. So uh, we do, a, and also we do an after show, Doctrine After Show. All that's available there. We have a special show coming up, Jared Yamamoto. Why don't you fill the people in? Yeah, okay, so we've got a lot of stuff here. So on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, you'll be on from midnight till 2 a.m. covering the New Hampshire primaries. Yes. Uh, we'll get the first analysis here. You'll also be uh, across coast to coast. I think you're on six radio stations a day, so no So big- get in your car and just keep driving. You won't be able to get rid of me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And uh, next Sunday, uh, you'll be we'll be starting up at 11 a.m. And I'll keep it short here. So okay. starting up at 11 a.m. And then we'll have a debate, uh, the replay of the debate, and then we'll be back on again until three. That's correct. And then on February 26th, this is the big one right here. So you can download your WSB radio app right now. The Von Hessler Experience is taking place. If you want to see Eric at his absolute best, go on and download that app. You'll you'll go to the tab pages down on down on the page or down on the app. And you'll see it. You sign up. It's a tough survey, though. Really, oh, really yes. tough. So. You have to answer questions like, do you like pizza? So uh, yeah. that's a live show. And if you're here, in the, we have a live studio audience. It live streams. It's also on the radio live. We have a blast. Uh, Am I invited? We, Greg, of course you're invited. You're part of Autumn the show. Was asking me, I, Autumn was asking me, are you going to that? I was like, no, no, I haven't heard anything. Absolutely. So maybe the whole gang will be there. So is that all we have the cleanup? But we have the at, people? Least, at least in the next week. So we've got all to, right. I, I should honestly pull up this email here. You've, you've got okay. a busy schedule this week. Okay. What have we learned today on the Von Hessler Doctrine? Uh, we're $19 trillion in debt and that uh, $1 trillion is $1,000 billion. Keep that in, your, in mind. Uh, we learned that Marco Rubio had a bad debate. We learned the Panthers will probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And most importantly, millennials are still the stupidest people in the history of history. <laughs> we'll chat with you again next week at 11. Until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.